Welcome to the Outdoor Country Talk Podcast, hosted by Jacob Poole and Jeremy Shaw, where we bring country living and the great outdoors together. We're back for another episode of Outdoor Country Talk. Poole, man, are you having any luck in the deer woods? Well, it depends on what you call luck. Yesterday evening, I saw a little six-point, saw a little eight-point. Did not see old Nanny Doe that I was looking for. I got a long nose one that she's been slipping around, but she wouldn't give me yeah. a, wouldn't give me a look yesterday. But I had a real fat ringtail coon that uh, <laughs> he decided to stop just a little bit too long under that feeder I had set up over there, and I jogged. Did he draw blood? I'll send you a pic. I'll post it on the site. Yeah, I had to uh, I had to blood trail him to find my arrow because uh, I got a partial pass through because i think it hit the dirt behind him and yeah. stopped him in the ground and the sucker ran about 15 yards over and uh perished in the creek ditch and i actually had to huh. use a stick to fish my air and broadhead but uh i can say i couldn't take a really good picture of it but that those dk4 the nap the yeah. gsm sent us from nap archery uh they they did the trick on old coon at 30 yards they- so they are outdoor country talk approved for coon hunting. For coon hunting. Awesome. Now, the worst part of the whole deal was is I had my shot cam on my bow, but the lighting is so bad on the video that you can't – it didn't look to me like it was that dark, but I don't know if the camera darkened it somehow or another, but it it is it's worthless. And he let out a fine squeal when he got stuck, and I said, "Well, that's that's gonna make a pretty good little video, you know, for the show to put on there." And it did not. So, my camera, <laughs> as usual, my camera, my camera ability has fallen again. So, oh well. Hey, at least you, at least you spent some time in the woods. After, I'm still, I'm still at a dry spell when it comes to this. Well, and my understanding, you're sitting in traffic that's not moving right now on I-20, so I don't see you getting in a stand this evening either. So, no, no, my last three, uh, my last three evenings were spent at a motocross track as usual, and uh, and yeah, today I had big plans of mechanicing on the bikes that were ridden this weekend, and uh, yeah, I don't, I don't even know if that's going to take place the way the way my evening commute is is going. What my plan was, you know, we softballed for 21 and a half hours Saturday. All right. Mm-hmm. For everybody listening to this, if you're in a tournament ball, kudos to you. Glad you are. Proud of you. We Pulls had, out. Pulls out. I'm not out. Unfortunately, <laughs> my girls would not allow me out, nor my wife will allow me out. But we left the house at 5 o'clock Saturday morning, did not pull back in until 2.30 Sunday evening morning. Ooh. I slept till six. At six o'clock, my eyes sprung open, and I was like, oh, "Might as well just go get in a stand." So I eased down, got in the tree a little after dark, or a little after daylight. Uh, didn't see a thing. Not the first deer came by that morning. Uh, had hogs the morning before. Didn't see a thing. Sat up there till about ten o'clock. Uh, my wife sent a picture. Said the girls were all finally up. Luke was up, and uh, they were enjoying my recliner and being in charge of the big TV remote for me to hang out in the tree all I wanted to. And I said, you know what? I'll hang out till 11 and my stomach started growling. So I come on out. And plus I was starting to sweat because it's 84 degrees here today. 
Oh man, I tell you what, we had a little little front come through. I guess that was what Friday. Man, that was nice. It was nice at the ballpark all day Saturday. Yeah, just just comfortable. You know, I had some hunting gear on because I wouldn't. Nobody asked me to. I wasn't being required to coach, so I was like, mm. and everybody, man, you must be warm wearing that Sitka vest. It's like it's a vest. It's warm, but it's no warmer than any normal vest. But I was the only one at the ballpark with camouflage on. So, yeah. And there were probably 40 or 50 teams from age 16 down to 8U there. Gosh. And yeah, I was the only camo fella there that I saw. So, yeah. Nothing new there. Yeah, it was, it was quite cool on us. We were up in the northwestern part of Louisiana and, uh, and it, it, it got a little cool on us. And that's what I was thinking. I said, well, I could be sitting in a stand right now, wouldn't have to worry about swatting mosquitoes like usual in Mississippi bow season. But no, no, I'm hanging out here at a motocross track with my youngins. Well, but I saw the five-year-old was, uh, he must have been stroker ace running it hard. Man, he did good. He, uh, he surprised the heck out of us. Uh, once again, I guess you could say he, uh, he knew what he had to do to going into the, which this, this past weekend was round six and round seven of a seven round series that they had been running the, the Louisiana state championship series. And he was, uh, he was going into it. One kid was putting some pressure on him coming in. He, he was, he had been third place for the most part of the whole series and it, it kind of been hanging there. And it was a kid putting a little pressure on him coming in. It was only a three point difference coming into the series. And so he, he knew what he had to, he knew the person he had to be. Second and first was kind of not really reachable for him unless something really bad happened. And, uh, so he was, he was going to try to maintain his third place in the point series because he wanted his picture on the podium and wanted his, you know, special series trophy and what, and a few things that come along with that. So he had a little rocky start on Saturday, which they, they raised two motos on Saturday, which was round six. And then two motos on Sunday, which was round seven, and guy had a pretty rough start on uh, on Saturday. He wrecked right off the start. Just didn't didn't get a good jump off the gate, and kind of hit the gate a little bit early. So threw his front end up, got him all off balance. He made about fifty yards with his feet sticking straight off the back of the motorcycle, and he goes down through there. Finally, crashes. I knew it was going to happen. I just didn't know how long he was going to be able to ride it out. And he did pretty good. But he, he fell over, got, he kept his bike running, got up and, uh, he worked his way. He was dead last. I mean, they were, they were gone. They were several hundred yards ahead of him across the track and worked his way back up to third place. And so he was, he was making some headway going and going and going. He was pushing hard and probably overriding a little bit, but he was, he knew what he had to do. Me and my wife, so my wife kind of stays at one part of the track. I stay at another part of the track, kind of keep my eyes on him. Because when the 50s are riding, they will let parents go out onto the track, you know, just to assist the riders. A lot of them can't, can't crank the bike themselves. Some of them can't pick them up themselves. You got to kind of assist them in, in some ways, some more than others. But, uh, drifting does pretty good about, you know, trying to keep his bike running if he falls and can, can pick it up himself. But anyway, we just kind of hang out and, and watch him. Well, my wife was closer to the finish line jump than I was. And so I was sitting there watching, they waving the white flag. Yeah, I was on the backside of one jump that was right after the finish line. I saw a first place kid come by, a second place kid come by, then should have been him, didn't see him. 
And I saw the fourth place, the fifth place, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, so on. And my, I see my wife running. She's throwing her hands up running. I'm like, what in the world is going on? So I strike out over there on my pit bike, and I get over there talk to my wife. I said, where's Drifted? He's at the trailer. I'm like, what? The race is not over with. She's like, I don't know. He went off the track. So I go to the to the uh, to the camper and get over there, and he's standing there at the truck and throw his bike on the ground. I said, son, what is the deal? He said, dad, uh, something's wrong with my bike. I said, what do you mean is something wrong with your bike? It was running good. He said, no, something wrong with my bike. He said, I smelled antifreeze. And I looked, sure enough, he's got a busted radiator hose. So he smelled it and he pulled off the track. He didn't want to, he didn't want to hurt his bike, he said. How many five year olds so, are going to know what the smell of antifreeze is like? That's, uh, well, <laughs> uh, to take it, I hate to get it to our, uh, to our guest time here, yeah, but I'm going to speed it up. But a couple weeks ago, he, um, he had a fall and it cracked his radiator and didn't know it. And he's, and he, anyway, he got back to the pits and I said, son, you cracked your radiator. He said, well, I smelled something. I said, well, that was antifreeze. If you smell that, pull off, something's wrong. Okay. So he knew he smelled it again. He said, look, there's something wrong with my bike. Well, it was just a pinhole in, in the radiator hose. And I told him, I said, look, I know it's hard for you to comprehend being just turned five years old, but I said, you could have finished the race. He said, well, dad, I didn't know. I said, no, that's fine. So they scored him last um, for that moto. He comes back, second moto, tears out, got a third-place finish. You know, did, did what he could. So he ended up, luckily, beating the kid that he needed to beat that was getting up behind him in points. He passed that kid's second moto, ended up beating him for the overall. I think that kid may have had a fall. So he still did what he needed to do on Saturday. Sunday, um, I told him, I said, son, don't go out there. Don't, don't do nothing stupid. Don't override. I said, just go out there. You basically need to finish the race is all you need to do. And you got to, and you, you have maintained your points lead. You're good. So that's what he did. I think he got him a third place finish in one moto and a fourth, I think the second moto of Sunday and did what he went to do is, is maintain his third points in the overall series and, Got his trophy, got his picture on the podium, and got him a few, few little goodie bags of some oil products and some stuff. And uh, he was he was all pumped up. We had a great weekend. Man, that is awesome. And I know the you know saying we didn't want to cut into our guest time, but you know the things that he does falls into this in a different aspect. But it's all you know it's still a lot of times related around kids. You know when. That's right. Anybody that follows our show knows we are big on getting kids involved in outdoors. We don't, yeah, we don't and, really and my care how you do too, it. He just, had a, he had a good weekend. He's, which he's riding in a lot more competitive class than my youngest one. Because once kids get on up, you know, seven, the, the my oldest son is, he's eight. He's riding in a seven to nine class and on a bigger bike, a 65 CC bike. And, uh, man, it's, it's a, it's really competitive because a lot of those kids, they've, uh, They've been riding, you know, ever since my youngest son's age and got several years. My oldest son just started racing this year. So he's, he's a little bit behind the eight ball, but you know, he's making some advances. He's, he's learning as he goes and had him a couple of, a uh, couple of top 10 finishes in his class, which is usually heck 20 kids, you know, in that class. So he's, uh, he's getting there, but you know, don't want to, don't want to take the spotlight off the little one. He's, 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 he puts the work in. I can give him that. He's. I, I, I talked to him every morning on the way to school. My wife, she called and he had, uh, he said, dad, are we going to practice this week or this weekend? I know we're not racing. I said, I don't know, son. Let's see what's going on. And he said, well, 
from from thinking back and and work some kids for faster me i need to be i need to practice my starts i need to practice my ruts i said well we'll see what we can do so he's he's all about putting the work in well let's move let's move sideways here and go ahead and get mr Derek in uh y'all day we have from mississippi bowhunter association from mba if y'all follow it on instagram or facebook we got mr Derek eves in mr Derek, how are you today Hey, doing great, doing great. Appreciate y'all having me. Well, yeah, man, good. You're glad you're able to join us today, man. Oh yeah. Well, it's it's uh it's Monday. I've been a little busy at work, so glad we were able to get it get it uh, get it scheduled in and share a little love of bow hunt. It's uh it's your your time of the year, isn't it? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's every chance we get a get an opportunity to be in the woods with the right wind, of course. Um, <laughs> We're uh, we're out there. <laughs> we are out there, and the weather's been great. You know, we have had a little bit of a cooler. You know, usually whenever bow season opens up, it is just scorching hot, and it has warmed up a little bit in some afternoons. But for the most part, we've uh, I've personally been pretty pleased with the weather so far. So we're rocking and rolling. Well, are you seeing anything? We, we always talk about the weather on here. Seems like one way or another, but. You know, I saw a thing the other day that where they're saying that this winter is going to be another warm winter. Have you seen anything contrary to that or, or that goes along with that? Well, the only thing that I can see the contrary to that is the actual weather that we've had. You know, as far as just projections and things, I'm also, uh, I work for a fair oil company in Louisville, Mississippi, and we have four propane offices. So we, we're constantly looking at the weather and projections and things of that nature. But, um, you know, I just, uh, with the cooler weather and the cooler snap, and it seemed like um, acorns were falling a little bit earlier in September this year. You know, it's just a lot of old wives' tales and things like that where, you know, kind of kind of pointing to a colder winter this winter. Of course, in the propane business, we love it when it's cold. Um, but, uh, but nothing... Nothing concrete. You know, I think just about every year you're going to see, at least on our end, we see, you know, it's going to be super cold. It's going to be the coldest winter we've had in years. Then it, you know, about the same number of what we call degree days. Well, well I tell you what I saw the other day. This is Facebook news. So thank you for the grain of salt. But they were <laughs> saying that, that this winter we're going to be like in a La Nina or something like that weather pattern that, you know, like Jacob was saying, it's supposed to be warmer than normal. And then at the very bottom of that face, there's some meteorologist put this on there, but at the very bottom of that, it said the last La Nina weather pattern we had also was one of our, um, the last time we had a like multi-inch snowfall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, only the good Lord knows what the next few You got that right. Well, for all our oh, bow hunters. Yeah. For all our bow hunters out there, here's a thought for you. Uh, I was talking with a guy the other day who's a very, very adamant bow hunter. I, I don't actually know if he even uses a rifle at any point in the year. And we were discussing the acorn crop already being on the ground and, you know, being a little heavy mm-hmm. early this year. And he had the same thought I had that when Laura and what was this last storm that came through? Uh, Beta, wasn't it? Beta. Delta. 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 Uh, yeah, 40 to 50 mile an hour winds put, may have put more acorns on the ground than, uh, than the early cold snap. Yeah. Cause right now I've got feeders out that deer are not touching 
but I've got acorn flats that are just covered up right now. I mean, you've got hogs and deer, you know, milling around in because there's way more acorns on the ground right now than normal to to meet. But I, I'm, oh yeah, I'm thinking that the last storm threw a lot East of them. Central Mississippi as well, especially in our neck of the woods, because you know down here you're either eating sawbriars or pine straw <laughs> if the acorns aren't <laughs> on the ground. True. So, uh, but look, let's get yeah, into true. let's get into Mississippi Bowhunters Association. Let's let's let the folks on here know what uh, what y'all are all about. Well, the. Junction, I guess the mission of the Mississippi Bowhunter Association is to promote archery, and whether that be in 3D archery or um, aims programs in schools, uh, or just getting out and bow hunting. You know, that's our mission is to get more bows in people's hands so they can really, really see the the joy that it brings. I mean, the chance, of course, it's a challenge, um, but just the just the opportunities to have a good time with friends and family and just uh, see how relaxing it is, although it can be challenging. So. But we're going to really just to promote archery. And, you know, from a social media standpoint, uh, we try to protect archery season um, to, uh, you know, just to, uh, to archery. And, you know, like uh, recently there was a an air rifle bill that was in the legislature, and we were able to work to, to try to, to, well, actually, to actually get that bill killed on the floor. Um, because it was basically a, an air rifle that projected an arrow. So, you know, we just, you know, we just try to protect archery season for all the archers in Mississippi. Now, all right. So you've got a dart gun, basically, uh, an arrow dart gun is what they were trying to pass. Yes. Uh huh. Exactly. It was a, a air, a compressed air, basically a rifle that projected an arrow. They called it the air bow, but it was, it doesn't have strings. It doesn't have uh, limbs. It's strictly an air compressed projectile. Hmm. I, yeah. I don't but know. It was, it was, you and I have talked before. Clarion Ledger and, you know, but, you know, whenever it kind of came up and we, we kind of got wind of it kind of late in the game, but uh, we posted on our social media pages and got everyone to call their representatives and legislature because you know, a lot of the, uh, a lot of, a lot of the, the decision was made without really knowing exactly what it was. You know, there was a bill passed and it wasn't really knowledgeable about what the actual air rifle was and, and how it was projected. And so we just, uh, we just educated the, you know, the representatives and, and the senators and just kind of pled our case and, and, and everybody was said, well, now that now that we know what it is, it makes sense. So, well, they've already taken primitive weapon. You know, growing up, bow season was bow season. Primitive weapon season meant muzzleloader, and rifle mm-hmm. season meant rifle. You know, firearms meant rifle or shotgun, whatever whatever it was your your choice of poison there, but or or, or weapon there. But right, archery is still needs to be archery. I agree with you there. Uh, you know, it, it's a quieter time of the year. It's not so much going on. You know, you go and you shoot a rifle and, and not knocking it. Look, if, folks, if you like to hunt, hunt any way you want to hunt. But it, right. as long as it's legal. But, you know, it, not everybody can shoot a bow. Not everybody sure. can be still. My kids cannot be still enough in a tree right now 
for a deer to get within 20 or 30 yards, them be able to be patient enough to wait, to be able to draw, to be able to go through everything that you have to go to. It, it's just a different type of hunting. It's a different skill set. You know, shooting one at 100 yards, I can get them propped up. They can get on it. That's a, you know, it, it's just not one of those things that just everybody can do. And no, I'm like you. I, I want to protect each one and keep each one separate. And and I know folks that use a bow all year long. You know that right. the, whatever whatever you want to do, however you like it. I I used a 4570 all through rifle season one year just because I had no intention of shooting more than 100 yards, and I knew when I shot it with it, nothing moved. Uh, it just <laughs> when that big chunk of lead hit it, it was over with. Game uh, over. You know, I just. I just changed the game some. It was uh, now there were several opportunities where I had I been able to reach reach out a little further, I might would have. But you know, it just made you change how you hunted and adapt to, you know, try to make sure you were within an appropriate range of the deer. And you know, it's always that mystique that that challenge that keeps you going back, or does to me anyway. I, I guess everybody to each his own, but. I'm yeah. gonna get most of the folks in the bow hunters association feel the same way I do. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's the challenge is is you know I always tell people just em- embrace the challenge. Um, I bow hunt year round, you know, from uh, deer season to to turkey season even. And um, you know, Mississippi turkeys, those Mississippi gobblers are pretty slick, and to be able to uh, shoot one with your bow, it's you know, there's a lot of failures in, the, in that. And the same thing with even the even the white tail. You know, uh, an arrow can do funny things when it hits a target. You know, I mean, I um, I, I shot a 142 inch uh, buck October the fifth, and um, you know, thought I had a good shot on him, and actually ended up did have a good shot on him, but I heard it go, you know, like I gut shot him and got down there in the air and had and um had some guts on it and so I backed out and went back four hours later with a buddy of mine, Bart Chancellor, and his dog smoked and the deer made it 120 yards and piled up and was done, you know, but it went in right behind his front shoulder and came out at the back right in front of his hip. So in a, in a split second, by the time I hit that thumb button release and the air hit him, it done turned a little bit and, you know, things happen. So, but it's a, the challenge is, man, I just, I love it. You know, the, the, with the challenge and the failures that you have with bow hunting, it just, in my opinion, it just makes the successes that much sweeter. You know, it's, um, and it's, and that's, that's hard to explain because a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of folks like the easy way and, and that's fine if that's, if that's what suits you. Um, but like, you know, like you said, as long as it's legal, you know, I'm all about myself personally. It's just like if it's legal, uh, go out and hunt. You know, it's a, it's a lot of, a lot of competition out there and, uh, a lot of folks trying to take hunters, get hunters down and those kind of things. So by all means, get out there and hunt. But, uh, like I said, with the Mississippi Bow Hunter Association, we just try to, we just try to protect the bow season and, you know, just kind of like you mentioned, have some, have some special times for appropriate weapons. Well, and y'all do a lot at different events, putting on different bow tournaments and different things also, don't you? Oh yeah, yeah. We we work with the uh, Mississippi Archery Association. Um, you know, there's uh, Grenada Bow Hunters, Yazoo City Bow Hunters, Yazoo County Bow Hunters, rather. Um, you know, there are different organizations in the state that have 3D sheets all over. 
And so something that, that I started doing probably, I guess, uh, summer before last is I try to help promote all the different area bow shoots in Mississippi, whether it be ASA or, or like I said, the Association, um, or any of the others throughout the entire state, I, I promote those on our Mississippi page because we have a right at 10,000 followers on that page, on the, on the Facebook page. And it's, uh, you know, it's made a difference. And I've, I've, you know, really grown close to a lot of the other archer associations that are strictly the 3D side. And, uh, just, you know, just trying to work together. Cause if we're all in the goal of getting a bow in someone's hand and then going out and shooting, you know, I think it's just uh, we all win in that situation from a from an archer standpoint. Well, there's definitely power in numbers. So, and if you've got one oh, central yeah. location that everybody can come to and look and see that there's a tournament this Saturday or a tournament next month or or you know two months from now, people can go ahead and plan instead of because that's what you run into a lot of times. You know, people post stuff on just their one site, and nobody. Nobody sees it. Well, if there is one site where everybody can see it, then it makes it a lot easier for everybody to get to and, and go ahead and start preparing or or make plans to, to be able to attend and participate or, you know, maybe they need to upgrade gear or whatever it is. They, they have time to go ahead and see it and do it and just makes life a lot easier that way. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, you know, we, we encourage people to share the post that, uh, for the 3D archery or, uh, you know, those things and tag their friends. You know, I can't tell you how many people do that. Um, you know, our friends, uh, at, um, Southern Attraction Outdoors out of kind of the, like the Cosiosco Carthage kind of area. Uh, they, we started from helping promote their shoot and I think they had probably about 120 people come shoot this past, uh, fall, which was, Nowadays is a huge bow shoot. Of course, uh, James Whittington with Mississippi Archery Association, Russ Freeman, Larry Brown, um, all those guys are super nice guys. Um, as I said, we promoted, uh, we promote all, all of their 3D shoots because they have a kind of a little circuit that they run. And, and then you had, uh, the Lincoln County Wildlife Expo, which was a really good shoot for a really good cause, raising money for a kid to go on an elk hunt. That, um, that, you know, somebody that was, I, I believe they were paraplegic and which was just, man, it just things like that. Like, like you guys, it kind of gets me going and motivates me to do everything I can to help make as much money as I can for kids to be able to do those things like that. So. Well, Derek, back it up just a minute. Tell us uh, kind of the, the foundation, I guess, of the association. When, when did the association start and, you know, how did it progress through the years to what it is today? Well, it started about 40 years ago. They've been a little bit over 40 years ago. And it was just a group of bow hunters that had the common interest of gathering together and telling bow hunt stories, hunting stories, and, uh, and trying to share their love. I mean, it's just, it, just, it was, it was created by people that were passionate with, about bow hunting. And over the years, it's just, you know, it's, um, I guess you have good years and you have bad years. And, uh, but, uh, and, you know, people change, leadership changes, uh, periodically and things. So, you know, I think the, um, the, the, the main thing that has changed with the bowhunter side of it is probably the equipment that we use. You know, there's, um, there's still a lot of the traditional shooters out there and a lot of those guys were, 
you know, instrumentalists starting the Mississippi, Mississippi Bow Hunters Association. Um, but, um, but it's just been, there's a lot of people that are passionate about bow hunting. Sorry, my office phone's ringing. <laughs> <laughs> That's all part of it. The, uh, we've been in organizations over the years that, you know, started very similar and, you know, it's always good to see that, that folks have that passion and have continued and, and carried on those traditions. And like you say, whether it was started with traditional or whether, you know, it, talking about equipment upgrades, I can think my first bow was an old Browning bear. And the, the bow I shoot now does not look anything like, you know, wheels to cams to type of limbs to, you know, strings to sights to, it's it's a different game from back then to now. Oh yeah, without a doubt, without a doubt. And you know the the, the technology, you know that that we need to be utilizing. That's that's one thing that I'm currently trying to lead on is is reminding people that their memberships are about to expire. Um, getting merchandise, uh, making it easier for people to order merchandise. I mean, just utilizing the technology that we have from our website. We're just trying to upgrade our website to just make it more user friendly and just things that have been done in the past few years that just haven't been updated. You know, I mean, you, you have to have the passion for, for the bow hunting, but, um, you know, sometimes you have to run things like a business as well. Although we're all volunteers, you know, you have to, you have to stay up with the times to, to keep growing and to keep you know, having the funds necessary to make sure that we are able to get magazines out and, you know, Mississippi bow hunting apparel and things for people to order. I mean, it just, you know, none of us make a single dime off of the work that we do. So it's, um, you know, it's just a challenge to, to, to stay up with the times. And like I said, right now, that's kind of our focus. You know, Lacey, she helps us. She's the membership director and we're trying to get orders out on a more timely fashion. Just a lot of things that we're trying to do to to show people that hey, we're in this to to uh, to have a top notch organization, and you know just and, and then it would show people by timeliness, um, interactions, and things of that sort to 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 prove that and you know make people want to be a part of it because like you said, there's power in numbers. You know, the next time and there will be a next time that something comes up about archery season that we're going to need to try to protect because we are for the Mississippi bow hunters. Um, and the more people that we have in the organization and the more people that we have active with the organization, then the more likely we are to win the next battle. And, um, you know, I just, I think there's probably going to be battles from here on out. It's always something going on that um, is trying to encourage on anything in this world, you know, really, truly. Well, you know, we, you say that, uh, I had this conversation with a guy the other day and we was on a different topic, not bow hunting, but, uh, you know, it, nowadays it seems it's, it's so easy for everybody, media, social media, everybody out there to tell you what you need to be doing. You know, and people it, believe everything that they hear on social media. You know, it's not, uh, it's not acceptable for you to, be you anymore you got to be something else and it's like man if if folks would actually just sit down and take a look in the mirror and go hey look you know i'm a pretty happy fella you don't you don't have to and I, personally i don't care what other people do 
if that's what you do, go for it. If it does, but don't force it down my throat. Uh, right. I, I don't, I don't care what you like, don't like, uh, you know, I like, I like country. And if you like jazz, that's great. Don't shove jazz or bluegrass. Uh, you know, we got a buddy at the duck camp that likes shove bluegrass down our throat. Uh, I, five minutes I'm done. I've heard all of it I need to hear and nothing against it. It's just not my thing. <laughs> Yeah. I saw. I thought you'd appreciate throwing that in there. Steve will enjoy that one. Well, I've seen you get down to some to some <laughs> uh, to some of his music before. Oh, yeah, so I got down. I, yeah, I got out on the floor and was begging him to turn it off. Glad <laughs> you leave. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he was. Hey, Derek, I, I got I got one question. I know this may be you know a bit controversial. I know it was you know kind of when the rules or regulations changed, but. What about when crossbows became "quote unquote" legal in regular archery season? Was well, that viewed we, any differently, or was that something y'all were supporting? We um, we still are just strictly sticking to promoting vertical archery use. You know, um, whether it be a traditional piece of equipment or an old compound bow or a brand new Matthews Elite Hoyt or whatever brand out there is your brand to shoot. Um, we still only promote vertical bow hunting. Um, now that's, you know, as an organization, that's just, that's in our mission. You know, I mean, that was from the beginning. That was, of course, that was before, way before Crossbows even thought about coming out. Um, that was, that's just kind of just something that we have stuck with and something that we stand by. Now, do I know people that shoot animals with a crossbow? Of course I do. I have a lot of friends that, that use it. Um, but you know, just our, our opinion, uh, for whatever that's worth is just that, you know, if, if an able-bodied person can draw a bow and be able to go bow hunting, then that's just what we have felt like that should be done. But hey, and on the other side of that, the ship has sailed on the crossbows. You know, it's, it's in, it is legal. It's legal during archery season, or I guess it really any, any season throughout the entire year for, uh, for deer hunting. And, you know, if somebody, if somebody has got to, you know, they don't have a bow or don't have time to shoot a bow, you know, we hear that on just bit. Um, if it's legal, hey, go out and do it. You know, I have one of my good buddies shot a, Double beam, uh, double main beam on the left side, uh, big, big white tail this week. And hey, I was, I was tickled to death for him. You know, he said, man, he said, I, and he even told me, he said, man, I, I, as I asked him, I said, well, shoot that with a bow or a crossbow? He said, man, I shot it with a crossbow. He said, I really want to get a regular, real bow, but, um, he said, man, I just had some deer on camera, some big deer. He said, I just, I just had to go hunt. I said, dude, I said, that's what's exactly what you should have done. You know, so shoot, shoot what you have, and um, if you know if somebody's wanting to shoot a bow or needs quite, has questions about shooting a bow, you know that's you know we're we're here to help with that as well. It's just easy to reach out to us. But as far as you know, I don't think we have any members that shoot crossbows. Not that yeah. I know of. We may, you know, I mean, if somebody shoots a crossbow and they still want to join, that's fine. But you know, we're, we're not posting. I'm, we're not posting any crossbow kills on the, on our pages. That's just, you know, that's just part of the Mississippi Bowhunters Association. And like I said, personally, somebody shoots a crossbow and 
goes hunting, then at the end of the day, you know, hunters need to stick together. Well, we've talked about that on here before that, you know, it seems sometimes where everybody wants to dog somebody for doing something different. And it's like, look, folks, if you're hunting and you're in the outdoors, yeah. we're proud of you. Right. If, out, if you're doing out, it legal, outside, go outdoors. Yeah, if you're not sitting, if it's a kid that's sitting out there and he's not doing an Xbox, or if it's a grown man that needs a release from work to go sit outside and enjoy, you know, by all means, go enjoy what the good Lord created because it's fabulous. Sitting there this morning, watching the world wake up, couldn't think of you know many other happy places I needed to be this morning. Uh, we're still able to make it in time for my office to get open. No problems whatsoever. Got to see a nice little six point, little four point. Was happy, you know, happy watching them do their thing. And, you know, life is good. Listen to the crickets wake up. Listen to Hoot Owl when he started off this morning. Go spend out time outdoors. Go, go do something and get out of everyday rut and everyday society. Something about that fresh air. Fresh air, moldy air. Uh, you know, I had to walk across my cattle pasture to get down to the woods this morning, so I, it wasn't all fresh, <laughs> or, or may, 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 may have been a little too fresh. You know, years ago, somebody asked me what scent cover I used. I said, "Well, I live on a cattle farm, so either I go by and rub the hay bales, or I try to step in something on the way to the woods because it covers everything." <laughs> Yeah, you, you don't have to worry about sweaty football practice or anything else. You're, you're good. Uh, as long as you haven't put on too much aftershave, you know. Uh, but now, Derek, now, right. kind of getting into that now, we've got you on here. We know you're big into bow hunting and stuff. And, you know, not sure a lot of people realize bow hunting is just different. Bow hunting, bow hunting is different than, than anything else because you have so many more variables you've got to pay I, I guess you could say a little more attention to. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. A lot of things I tell folks all the time, a lot of things have to go right. And so many things okay. can go wrong so quick that you're, you're still sitting there with your head spinning going, what just happened? Um, you know, that tree limb that just happened to jump in the way or the wind swirls or, you know, you, you make a move just a little bit at the wrong time. Uh, yeah, we talk with a guy on here pretty often that's, that's big in the bow hunting, but he loves to hunt out of ground blinds. I, I'm, I'm getting to where I'm trying to get into that ballpark, but mainly just for the kids. But if you're 15, 20 foot up a tree, you can get picked out even when you're not, you know, uh, you know, you, you can make that one wrong move. You can, you know, decide to look the wrong way at the wrong time and something pick out a little bit of motion and, you know, or the, or like I say, the wind's just a little bit wrong. Something comes in that's thermal. been coming in from the left. Now it you comes in from the right. You got your thermals to take into account. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely, it's definitely different, you know, and that's, that's part of the sound. You know, it's, um, the buck I killed this year, uh, for instance, and it's, the wind was coming out of the northeast, which was really good, but it started swirling a little bit, started coming more a little bit out of the east northeast, and I was like, man, these deer are going to kill me, and they're going to be gone, and I had two different ways, basically, that I could come from, you know, and sometimes you're taking a gamble that you can only, 
uh, if you're going to have one stand location there, but generally what I, I hunt out of are private calls. Um, but, you know, it was like 5 o'clock. A little spike comes out over to my left. Of course, the wind was swirling and swirling right over there too, and he starts blowing. Well, about 30 minutes later, the wind was swirling again. It was kind of coming out of the northwest a little bit, and it goes up the ridge, and another doe blows at me. And it was 6 o'clock, and I'm thinking, you know, I've got some big deer on camera, and I'm sitting there thinking, I said, well, I might as well get out of the stand and go home because, I mean, this hunt's pretty much done. But by then it was 6 o'clock, and I was like, well, I guess, you know, the wind kind of straightened back up to where I needed it. And I said, well, maybe might as well just sit here and see what happens. And sure enough, I heard something walking across the uh, across the ditch coming up the ridge to me. You know, those old, those old, uh, old books kind of like to come out a little bit right at dusk or a little bit after dusk dark to, <laughs> before they come in. And, well, everybody every five minutes out here, just a little bit of walking. And then probably after about 15 minutes of that, something over to the left, some same kind of general direction, about 7,500 yards to the left of where, that, where I heard the noise coming from. I hear something across the ditch and it comes running up in there. So I tried to stand up. There was a little spike and he comes in there and, he stayed for about five minutes, and at that time, I hear where I heard the original walking coming from, and I heard something moving there, so I already stood up, had my hand on my bow, and first buck comes in, and there's a little 10-point, um, pretty good deer, but I, I tend to kind of, I, I let, I, I, I'm one of these that I let them walk, and um, I like to, I like to watch them, you know, killing something is not, I mean, killing, so I like, I like to kill some stuff in the woods. Uh, deer, turkey, or whatever, but um, that's not the highlight of my day. I mean, I, you know, I hunt because I enjoy the things that you mentioned a little while ago, the birds, the the noises, the, the, the quietness, the peacefulness of it, and those kind of things, but uh, don't get me wrong, I do like to shoot stuff. Um, so anyway, the first buck comes in, and I thought it was a buck to talk to me, and about five steps behind him, behind the first buck that came in, Junior was there, and of course, Junior gets over behind some trees and he gets in range. And I draw that one time and I literally held the bow back for over a minute. I mean, it was one of those kind of deals that I, just, I was just saying, I was like, I know he's just, I know he's just a step out. I know he's just a step out. I know he's just a step out. I'm sitting there holding it, holding it, holding it, looking through my feet. And my arms started shaking. I had to let it down. And I sat there for about five minutes. Buck comes in off the, the ridge over where the little spike had come from and snort wheezed. And when he did, all of them ran. And so the, the deer got in a position again for me to draw back and I drew back. And of course, at this time I got three or four bucks in the area. So I'm trying to have to really sitting there just looking at each and trying to see where each and every one of them are looking at the same exact time before you draw back. So, you know, kind of scanning and stuff with just moving your eyes like not not moving your head or anything. Not drawing back again. Of course, you would just stood in one spot and couldn't get a shot at it then, so I had to let it down again. And then finally, uh, he moved over to, to a couple other trees. It was standing behind two trees. He had to move the right or left. And so I drew back and I held it for about 15, 20 seconds and got a shot off. And, but, uh, like you know, a lot of stuff has to go right to, Especially whenever you're having to draw, let down, draw, 
let down and it's all again get a shot off. Um all I can say is the good Lord was it was just meant to be that day. Because <laughs> those things go when you start having to go and let down up a tree and Well, especially when just, you've got that many set of eyes looking around. Oh yeah. You know, anything yeah. the the one spike that you have no interest in throwing an arrow at whatsoever could be the main one that busts you. Oh yeah. Well, I can't, I had there's a couple of big toes over there. That's what I really kept thinking. One of those big toes is gonna come out because those are the worst. Yeah, yeah, there's supposed to be a snorty one in that group, and yeah. And see, I have no problem with those because usually on that first snort, I'm gonna send something in that direction because uh, <laughs> once they find you, they always find you. They walk and look straight back up the tree. They don't even, you know. So you go ahead and get that out of the population. That way, they're not educating anything else and, and roll on down the road. But uh. Yeah. yeah, I guess I guess they do it for, to protect the babies. They're just on super high alert. So be, but like you say, and you can't always fling and take at them with an arrow. Anybody that bow hunts, or running and kind of hard to hit one running through the woods. You know, anybody that bow hunts knows what you just explained right there about having a draw and then hold it. You hold your bow for it on target for a minute at full draw. Even with the new bows and all the let off and everything they have, that is a toll on the body and the mind. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. And then you I'm have to let it down without getting spotted. There's a lot of motion there, a lot of motion that you can't really hide or cover very well. And then you got to draw back again and let back down again. Yeah, at that point, you're thinking, all right, this is, this is never going to happen. It's just not going to work. And then for you to still be able to be successful, that's, that's the, that's, to me, that's the allure. That's the, the draw to bow hunting. Oh, yeah. 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 I was about to ask, how confident were you in that shot after having to go through all that? You know, when you let that arrow go, how confident were you in thinking, you know, I, 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 I hit my mark? I was real confident. Um, we shoot year round. I mean, if, Part of my afternoon routine when it's not bow season is I get outside the backyard. I have, you know, I probably have six or seven, eight targets back there, and I get back there and shoot in the afternoon. Because when I get home from work, work is over with. I'm really good at putting, you know, compartmentalizing work after I get off of work. Um, so when we get out there in the afternoon to shoot our bows, the only thing I'm concentrating on is where that, that spot on wherever I'm trying to shoot. And, uh, so yeah, we, we shoot a, we shoot a lot. I, mean, I can't tell you how many arrows we sling a year. I mean, it, we may shoot, I'd say probably a minimum of 30 arrows an afternoon. You know, weather permitting, nothing else going on, you know, that kind of thing. And, uh, and there may be other times where we shoot more than that. You know, when it starts getting closer to season, um, I got a little thing that, uh, um, one of my buddies, uh, Phil Fancher, Slade Fancher taught me was walk outside with your bow, shoot one shot. Cause the first shot always counts. So really what that just does is just kind of helps you focus on that first shot. So when it's probably about a week, week and a half before season starts, that's what we start doing. We just will walk outside, shoot one shot. We'll go back inside this, uh, come back outside. Shoot one shot because when it's game time with a, with a bow and arrow, 
you have pretty much one shot. All right, well, Derek, do this. All right, Jeremy, what he's saying right there, clearly he does not shoot his bow like I do. Because uh, if I shoot mine 40 times yeah, all either. year, I've, I'm I'm at my peak maximal capacity there because I'm usually sore for a day or two after I've shot it. I'm that bad out of shape on it. But Yeah, the last time I shot my bow was the last deer I killed last year. So You know, I, I revert back sometimes to, to AC back when we were in college. We had been out shooting all day at, at AC's house years ago. He walks out, slings one old crooked arrow. It missed the target. He said, hmm, still on? Y'all come eat. I got dinner ready. He killed a deer opening morning, I think, with that same bow and same crooked arrow. But it was like, all right, we've been out here practicing for like five hours. We've set a ladder up on the side of the house. We've, you know, we've been shooting off the roof. We've shot from the ground. We've shot from our knees. We've shot from our a seated position. And this scoundrel walks out the sliding glass door and slings one arrow and misses the target and says he's good. Uh, <laughs> different, different thing. But now, Derek, in your preparation, and for all our folks that do, you know, especially young hunters and, and older hunters also, you know, you're at 20 yards, 30 yards, 40 yards, 50 yards. Do you change that up a lot? Do you go, all right, 36 or 58? You know, kind of what's your what's your shortest shot? What's your longest shot that you feel comfortable most of the time on a live animal? Yeah, well, it, it depends. I guess the variables would be the terrain that I'm in. You know, how wooded is it? Is it open? You know, are you on the edge of the field? Are you in the woods? Um, you know, so if you're in the woods, I'd say probably, you know, about 30 yards, probably going to be kind of getting close to your max. Um, as far as me practicing, um, I mean, we shoot, I shoot from 15 yards, maybe even 10 yards. Um, out to uh, out to a hundred yards. Um, the current bow I'm shooting an elite shooter right now. It's it's not a it's a sixty five pound bow, and uh, I shoot out to eighty or actually seventy eight with it. Uh, use a single pin for it. Um, so I mean, it just with the single pin, what I do is I put it dead on at thirty, and then I shoot shoot my target at twenty. When I put my 30 yard pin exactly where I want to hit, and it tells me how far north I shoot at 20 yards. So basically, I use my 30 yard pin at a 20 yard target. I know that it's going to be high. So I'm like four inches high at 30 yards. With, I mean, at 20 yards with my 30 yard pin. Am I making sense? Yeah. And then at 40 yards, I'm seven yards short. So I'm seven seven yards. Seven inches. Seven inches. Yeah, seven inches below my mark. So I know that if there is a deer at 40 yards, then I'm going to need to aim kind of a little bit higher than I normally would. Mm-hmm. Of course, um, I'm not putting it at the top of his back because at 40 yards, you know, a duck, I mean, a, a, a buck or, or even a doe for that matter, they're going to drop to run when they hear that, hear that release release and they hear the, the faint sound of the bow. You know, they're on alert, so they're going to be trying to duck. And uh, so anyway, I, you know, you have to account for that also. Um, but in the heat of the moment, sometimes you can forget to account for that as well. But um, so, yeah, we shoot, I mean, all different kind of distances. 
and I, and I practice, you know, it may be 36, it may be 32. Um, the targets in the backyard, I mean, they're anywhere from, I mean, you can do them anywhere from 15 to 78 yards. I mean, just depends on where you're standing. I was shooting a lot of long distance uh, prior to an antelope trip. I went to Montana this year, and it's a lot of open, open country there, so I was routinely shooting at 75 yards just because I was trying to make sure I had my confidence to be able to take that shot if the shot presented itself. Um, and um, ended up shooting an antelope at 30 yards while I was up there. But the other thing, too, about shooting the longer distances, it, it makes you more accurate at the closer distances, as long as you have the same amount of concentration and, uh, and, and kind of concentrate on your form and everything. So, I mean, it's just, it's just a lot. It's not only good variables. It's, um, it's hard to tell, but shooting at a white tail, you know, 40 yards, I'd say probably should be a good max. Well, see, if you're comfortable shooting that far. See, 75, you know, 75 yards, I'm wishing it well. Oh, there's oh, no, yeah. there's no confidence there at all. I'm just kind of aiming in the general direction, hoping for a thunk. Uh, <laughs> hoping something happens. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> and we're not shooting that at an animal. That would be, you know, go to one of these 3D target uh, tournaments that I go to every once in a while, one of the charity benefits and they'll have something yeah. set up. It's like, yeah, this auto. It's, y'all watch this real close to somebody tell me where to go look for my arrow because I know it's not going where it's supposed to. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> uh, well, hey, it's Derek, fun, we're it's fun enjoying to out those far, further distances, though. It's um, it's just it's cool to see that arrow, especially out to a hundred yards. You shoot that arrow, and it just you see that thing sailing through the air, and it's like the last fifteen yards, it just drops like a like somebody let the air out of a balloon. And uh, to see it fall and hit where, maybe not exactly where you want it to hit, but pretty close. That's uh, that's a pretty cool deal. <laughs> well, hey Derek, look, we're getting short on time, but so the organization itself, how did how would somebody you know find more out about the Bowhunter Association? Um, you know, become a member. Just get get give our listeners a little bit of information before we get off of here. Yeah, you can go to our website, which is. Uh, www.mississippibowhunters.com. Um, you can create an account there and then you can um, log in to join. And we have, you can either do a lifetime membership, which is a $300 membership. Uh, you can do a two year membership, which is a $50 membership. Um, and, or you can do a one year membership, which is $30 membership. So that's, uh, that's how you can can join and of course we have our uh, we have um, some Richardson 112 hats that we've gotten made we have some real popular uh, Mississippi Bill Hunter Association um, patches right now that uh, people are just gobbling them up left and right I mean I'm probably shipping five of them out a day right now so that's uh, something new that I was just trying to, you know, trying to get out in the hands of some guys and I had the, one of our buddies uh, Matt Steve he's a traditional archer from from Kosciuszko who's really been pushing for me to get some, and so I got some, and, and they're they're a hit right now. Um, of course, with your membership, you get uh, you get a, a decal for your vehicle, you get a car tag, you get a koozie. Uh, that's for the uh, one year membership. And of course, we have two magazines a year, which this year hasn't been the case on the magazines, and because that's because of the COVID and getting um, ads and, and articles and published, and it's just been 
just affected everything. So, but we have a magazine. Our, our next magazine should be coming out sometime in November. So that's coming up here pretty soon. Uh, with the two two year membership, you actually get a hat that goes with it. Um, but and of course, if you know you, if you shoot something with your bow, uh, you can send a uh, send a picture with a little details of the hunt to the Mississippi Bowhunters Association either Facebook page or Instagram page, and, and we'll get you posted up on there and just trying to. Like, you know, promote archery and, and, you know, make some, you know, kids, we, we mentioned something about before we started this call that, you know, some young, young cats, uh, that little, little boys and girls like to get out there and shoot. And, uh, you know, when you post one of them up on the Mississippi Bowhunters page, I mean, they just, they really get a kick out of it. I can't tell you how many parents have sent me a message or sent a, pay, uh, sent a message to the Mississippi Bowhunters Association pages saying, hey, you made Tyler's day today when he saw that you posted on the story or, or posted on the page or whatever. So, you know, I, if, if a kid sends me something, it's, it's, it's going on there. And I love to get details of the hunt because I just think that kind of really adds to the story. I mean, the story of the hunt and those things. So, um, and you know, we, a lot of folks too with, um, some of their archery kills are, you know, we're getting them to write articles to be featured in the magazine as well. I know there, there's been some really big deer uh, killed earlier this year in Mississippi, so uh, we, we should have some pretty good articles coming. So, uh, you know, we just try to anything we can to promote. But that's how you get up with Mississippi All right, Derek, we appreciate you being on with us, man. Everybody, we hope you enjoyed this episode of Outdoor Country Talk. God bless. God bless. Well, ain't nothing like a southerner. Lord, to make you feel alright, I got the windows down, I got the radio on.